Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guests are Dr. Allison and William Brown. Allison is an award-winning author, educator, and quantum healer. In 2014, her search for reconciliation between a newfound spirituality and her traditional Christian upbringing led her on an amazing journey of self-discovery detailed in her first book, The Journey Within. William is a psychic medium and clear trance channel who served 26 years with the Coast Guard before realizing his passion and his purpose as a healer, teacher, and messenger. Guys, thank you for joining me this evening and welcome. Thank you, Jeff. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Let's start with Allison. How did you go from having a doctor in education into doing the spirituality and the things that you're doing now? I would say pretty much by accident, actually. Um, You know, I was raised in the Christian church, as you mentioned, and during that time, I did have a clear cognizant moment, this clear knowing. Uh, that God was calling me to start a hands-on healing team in my church. And that was a number of years ago uh, down in Texas, where you are. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did that and it was successful. And um, I knew that when I touched people or when we touched people, that things happened. And so that was sort of my first foray into um, energy work and, and knowing that God still calls people and has a mission for them. And it was very exciting. When we moved up here to South Carolina, though, I sort of started to fall away from the church a little bit and I discovered Reiki. And um, when I became a Reiki practitioner, I started working on a will and then a whole world of things opened up for us in 2014. It just kind of changed the trajectory of our lives in a beautiful, good way. Um, It opened up all of his gifts and then together we've um, sort of developed some modalities to help people through energy work and hypnosis and channeling and just a whole basket of things. Would you say that the energy work or the Reiki that you were doing was the catalyst that kind of started the spiritual transformation in you? I'm sure that it was. I mean, ultimately it's source, it's God, it's my guides, it's my contract. Um, But the energy certainly moving through uh, was what helped to transform me and us and our world. Um, And it's interesting because in the Christian church, I recognized that energy as the Holy Spirit, at least that's what we called it. Once I um, sort of expanded my box outside of the Christian church, uh, you know, we called it Reiki or universal life force energy. And so what I have figured out is that it isn't that I'm doing anything different or weird. It's, it's that the language is different. So, you know, when we can talk to fellow Christians about, you know, it's, it's not that we're doing something different. It's still meditation or Christian contemplation. It's Reiki or it's Holy Spirit hands-on healing. So it's really all the same thing and it's coming from the same source. It's just that the language is different. And so really we can cross those bridges 
uh, and help others to, again, reconcile this Christian faith and expand their box, open it up into the um, greater spiritual understanding. I would assume then that you still consider yourself a Christian. You know, I've struggled with that question. I, I don't, I would probably say no, simply because the tenets of the Christian faith, um, believing in only one life and that there's a hell and that sinners are punished and that we're born sinners, all of those basic tenets, I just, I don't jive with any longer. So I would probably have to truly answer that question, no. Um, but again, that's not to um, disregard Christians or Christianity or um, think anything less of them. Uh, I think it's a, a fine way to find your um, your relationship with God or, or your internal essence, your energetic essence. It is one pathway, um, but it, it isn't the only pathway. I had a guest who was a rabbi's wife and we spoke about the Kabbalah. And I don't know if you're aware of this or not. I wasn't at the time, but one of the books of the Kabbalah is called reincarnation. I kind of feel like Christianity arises from Judaism. So since they kind of have the same roots, it kind of makes sense to me that perhaps reincarnation could still be part of Christianity. And I think it really was part of the early Christianity. I think there's a lot that was part of the early Christianity that was sort of filtered out. Uh, the book of Enoch being one. Uh, there were many, many books of the Bible that weren't included. Certain ones were were selected to be included. And, you know, that's a human decision. Uh, so it wasn't it wasn't a divine decision as to what to include. And so I think there were um, some agendas, perhaps, mm -hmm. in that process. Now, I'm not leaving you out, William, but I just it's want fine. to get one more question in before we move on to you. And that sure. is that you wrote books, Allison, for Christians to explore ideas which are considered taboo. Can mm -hmm. you give us some examples of the most taboo ideas? Oh, my goodness. Well, some of the chapters in there, the first part is about my transition and my reconciliation, my process to help others to feel comforted, because um, surely I'm not the only one that has some of those ideas and thoughts. Um, but then the remaining chapters are exploring 14 of those different um, practices that I was afraid of. Uh, I was raised to be afraid of things as simple and widely used as yoga, acupuncture, um, Tai Chi, Qigong, um, not to mention Reiki, of course, and some of the chapters in there deal with uh, psychic work and mediumship and past lives and astrology and all of those sorts of things. So probably the one that I would be most terrified of back then would have been, um, I guess, past lives. Um, I mean, astrology was not great according to my mom either. But, uh, and Reiki. So, yeah, I cover oracle cards as well, and all of that sort of stuff is considered divination, which meant I was going straight to hell, really. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I never considered that something like acupuncture would be anti-Christian. Well, it was anything that came from the East. I mean, according to my, you know... All denominations in the Christian church are different, and so everybody has different beliefs, and not every Christian perhaps believed the way that I did, but my understanding was anything that came from the East, um, any kind of like Chinese um, medicine or Indian principles or anything like that wasn't something I should be 
delving into. William, how did you go from working in the Coast Guard to being a channeler? <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I think that journey actually started well before the Coast Guard. Um, had many experiences as a child. Uh, you know, I, I, I recall a lot of times back as a child before even graduating high school where I've had out-of-the-body experiences during meditation. I've had um, a, a great heightened sense of intuition. And this presence or this sense that there was somebody greater uh, watching over me. Now, I wasn't raised in the Christian church, so I didn't have that background. I had no, no fundamentals in that, but I still believe that there was in, in to the center of me, to the core of me, I believe that there was something greater. And, and that's what I held true to, you know, through my years in the Coast Guard. But, you know, life happens as it always does, and it kind of gets placed on forward and all of what you may have learned as a child and what you thought you knew, you put all that on hold. And then like Allison said, around 2014 and 15, when she started practicing Reiki, uh, all I can say is that was, uh, you know, a, a, a moment in time where everything started clicking. Um, I, at the point, you know, when she started practicing Reiki, I mean, and it was, it was really for her experimentation and her training, but for me, I had some severe chronic back issues. Um, and over a period of sessions, I could feel energy flowing through me. I didn't know exactly how to explain that at the time. I can now say that it was energy, but at the time I just, I could feel changes taking place in my physical body. And so it intrigued me enough to go get trained. And in doing so, when I started practicing on people, um, other clients, I was seeing visions. I was seeing, um, psych I would say psychic readings or even to the mediumistic side of things of, of you know, speaking with uh, relatives that have transitioned of my clients. So, and I still really didn't have a true fundamental of understanding and all that, but I knew that it was, it was correct. It wasn't something that I should shy away from. And I, my personality is one to um, kind of take on those types of challenges and not be fearful of them, but just accept them and explore them to their depth and understand them, uh, how they can really uh, help facilitate my my journey even more. Um, and then yeah, it was several years of of taking some training in mediumship work and med, uh, uh, mediumship mediumship work and practicing all that. And then around 2018 is when I was introduced to a, um, a QHHT practitioner. And uh, I didn't really know what that was, but uh, beyond, you know, the, the quantum healing hypnosis technique. And that's where the channeling came into play. Um, on that very first session is when I started, I started channeling, started trans channeling, and I had no idea that that was taking place because I had slipped into that place that I remembered as a child when I was, or as a young adult, as I was doing meditations and being kind of almost going out of body, they would felt very, very familiar. And uh, that session led to a number of other sessions just to explore that side of, of, of myself, of the chance trans channeling. And uh, eventually Allison uh, was trained in the beyond quantum healing practice and we furthered the channeling. And that's when I started using that as part of our modality set of allowing clients to experience a channeling of my team. That's where it first started, the collective, which is uh, comprises of uh, Enoch, Raphael, Michael, and Source. 
And eventually it grew into channeling people's higher selves, channeling uh, pets and, uh, you know, and a whole realm of other beings. And, um, and now here today, you know, it's, it's, that's our, that's, that's what I am here to do. I've, I, we had client last night and I walked away from that session last night and I just stood outside and I realized, you know, again, this is me, this is who I am. And this is what I'd love to do. And this is what I've been called to do. I can't, I can't deny that of myself. Well, that's great that you found your passion. Yes, very much so. I think it's fascinating that you were, I would say, under hypnosis during a QHHT session, and then all of a sudden you went from probably examining your life or something straight into channeling. How How did that happen, and who did you start channeling? Yes, so... One of my primary questions was, who is this presence that's been with me my entire life? Who do I feel is kind of there watching over me? You know, and the, and the simple answer, well, would that be God or that would be source? Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, yes, that's been kind of toyed around, but I, I felt it was different than that. And um, so that was one of my primary questions. So during the session, while in that I'll say that light hypnotic state of answering my own questions or my higher self answering my, you know, answering those questions, the practitioner could tell that my energy was shifting and it was, and, and I was deepening in, into that trance state. And so she would ask, well, can that being or that entity or that individual step forward? So William can know who this is. And, you know, if I play back that session now and I listen to it, it's it's an eerie no that comes out. It's a very deep tone that comes through my voice. I can't get there while we're sitting here talking like this. But then, so she just pressed on, more questioning, more questioning, and I fell deeper and deeper and deeper. And finally, she was able to get the answer out. Who's present in William's life? Who is there guiding him? And is this part of his team. And this voice came out and said, Enoch. And from there, she started questioning, you know, Enoch, more and more questions. And subsequent sessions, they would, you know, Allison and the practitioner would gather some questions together. She would induce me into another state of trance, deeper and deeper each time. And we would be able to explore many different subjects. So that was the kind of the behind the scenes process of getting to that that channeling state. And um, up until late 2018, I was having to be induced, whether it was through a QHHT practitioner or through Allison and BQH, uh, you know, into that hypnotic trance-like state. And then around late 2018, um, we were to do a session together to answer some personal questions. And I was laying down just to get myself prepared and I could hear my guides my team tell me to sit in a chair and i had no idea what that was so i just ignored it laid down they told me again sit in a chair basically chair 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 and i looked over i sat in a chair and i went into some breath work and i dropped immediately dropped into a trance without any induction from allison and two hours later i come out the other side and she has a list of information to me it felt like two minutes and it was just an amazing process wow I feel like you're a man of two worlds. And what I mean by that is you came from the Coast Guard, which I kind of feel is the law enforcement world. 
<laughs> and something completely the opposite, which is this mm-hmm. spiritual world. Yeah. Since you're from that law enforcement world, did you at ever time doubt the channeling and wanted evidence that what's really happening is real? Yes, it's a progressive state of trusting oneself um, and and trusting one's ability. Um, there's there were many times um, throughout the early, I'll say, the first two years of of doing the channeling that okay, I'm going to go do a channel, and I would have this apprehension: Is this really real? Is this something that I'm doing? Or am I making this up? Am I, you know, what's happening here? But I could I couldn't explain the sensation of when I would do the induction myself through the breathing um, and I could feel the energy shifting and I could feel myself just slide away. And from that point, I wouldn't remember a thing until I'd come back out the other side. And so there was always that apprehension at first, that questioning, is this really real? Is this really happening? But then the other acknowledgement piece of that is then doing the kind of the debrief afterwards with clients or with a group of people and the information that they get from the questions that they present. And it's just exactly what they were looking for or the information that they couldn't otherwise get. I, I didn't understand where that information is coming from because I don't remember it, but yet they are pleasantly pleased and they are amazed by the by the clarity of what what had come through so yes it's it takes a long time and i i tell people that you know come to me and ask me well you know i want to start channeling but i i don't know how to do it i don't first thing is trust if you feel it coming in you really have to trust yourself and then the next stage is 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 kind of surrendering to it without any fear because the the place in which for myself, and I can only speak for myself, the place in which I go is a much higher state, a much higher state of vibration, a much higher state of, of, of frequency. And so if I were to even think anything fearful of something happening, I wouldn't, I wouldn't allow myself to get into that state because it would be an uncomfortable, you know, juxtaposition between my, my human thinking and what I'm actually set out to do. Um, and so it, it takes a while to get to that point of trust and that point of surrender. But when you can marry the two of them, it's, it's just a very amazing process that takes place. It sounds like to me, the type of channeling that you're doing is that you just kind of completely black out and another being takes over and you're consciously completely unaware of what happened until you wake back up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, it's, it's interesting because I've had a number of, a number of other people, a number of clients, a number of good friends that have, have mentioned to me, Allison has mentioned it as well, that, you know, the, your ability or my ability to channel is unlike many others because many other channelers are, you know, they have one or two guides or just a, a set that they, that they connect to. Um, early on in my channeling, um, one of my questions was who else am I going to be channeling or what other, what other beings am I going to channel? And the basic answer was everything. So, you know, that's kind of hard to put together until now we're mm, four, four, almost five years into this. 
And it is literally everything. If, if my intention, and that's one other piece into it, if my intention is to connect to your higher self or, you know, or even a, a tree in your backyard that you're concerned about or an animal or a galactic being or you name it, um, if that's the intention, my focus going into that state in which I begin my, my breathing process or my entering process, my intention is to connect to that vibration or that frequency. And it's like a dial on a, on a radio. You're just fine tuning until you hit that right frequency, you lock it in. And that's what I'm connected to. And so it's, it's a bit difficult to explain it, you know, to many people because it's, it does then bring up a lot of different questions of, you know, well, how are you protected and aren't you afraid of all these things? And I, for me personally, and it's my, my personal belief of how I've always gone into this and I don't, it's not from a place of being naive, but it's a place of knowing I'm, this is my role. This is what, this is why I've taken on this portion of my contract. I've come into this world to do exactly this. And I know it from the depths of who I am. And, and, you know, I haven't come across anything that has been frightening to me. We've done sessions of people's higher selves that come in wishing to have attachments and entities and dark energies removed. And they are processed through me, not by me, but through me. So I open myself as, as a channel, as, as the word explains, I'm a channel for the energy. So if someone is wishing to get rid of an, an entity, well, then they, you know, have a series of questions that Allison will ask and that process will bring that forward. And then it will be released through, through yeah. different But I processes. do want to, I want to stress. Yeah. That is the reason that I have to facilitate right. the sessions because he's out. And so for his human protection, I'm there to facilitate, right. make sure he goes in and out without any problem. And he knows that he's protected, but more importantly, he's protected by his team. Yes. He knows without a doubt that the highest consciousness, the Christ consciousness source is surrounding him. Mm-hmm at all times during those sessions. So he doesn't have anything to fear, but that wasn't an overnight thing. I mean, it took a number of years for him to fully surrender and trust his team. Mm -hmm. And then with me uh, as a partnership, then he can, you know, surrender and do what he needs to do to help, help people. Right. If you were to just imagine it, you know, when we do a session with a client or whatever it might be, um, a container is, a container is constructed. Um, and that container holds the presence of who we're going to work with as well as the two of us. And that container then provides me the comfort to relax and surrender to the process. Um, if I were to just try to sit here and do a channeling of somebody's higher self by myself with them asking questions, I, I couldn't fully surrender myself because I don't have the container built appropriately the way it was designed to be built so um yeah when you first saw him channeling allison what was going through your mind um that had i not watched it personally i'd think we were looney tunes (laughs) because it's just so different and so strange to people so i understand how people can question 
or think we've gone off the deep end or whatever, because we're still, I still am a, an educator in the school system. And so there are a lot of people who are not open to this. Um, but the first time that I saw was when he was still being induced through QHHT before I became a practitioner myself. And so he was on the table and it was interesting. I don't think I was afraid at all because um, in the church, I was used to people speaking in tongues, which is kind of letting the energy move through them. Uh, so, and my mom, eventually we migrated from the Episcopal church. She um, became what they call a holy roller. It was more of a um, charismatic type church. And so they were dancing and moving and it was a little bit more um, open and lenient. So I was kind of used to that. So this didn't bother me. Um, the voice was, was odd until the energy had a chance over many, many months to acclimate to his body because it was such a powerful energy with Enoch. And then of course, with the source energy and Raphael and Michael and all of these higher level beings takes a lot out of the body at first. So he would, mm -hmm. um, his voice would change dramatically and it would be slower and more methodical and the words would come out slower. Um, but that's remarkably different now. Um, he speaks just like he's speaking normally for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I wasn't afraid. I thought it was intriguing. I was curious. I don't know if you're, if you're probably familiar with Esther Hicks and her husband mm -hmm. who's deceased, but it was similar to that. Like he's, he was the one with all the questions and he was excited to do all of it. That's how I, how I am. I'm always writing on my phone some questions. What do I want to ask? You know, if we do a personal session or I'm fascinated when we work with clients, I I'm just fascinated to help them and to know their story. And, um, you know, as a counselor, which is my day job, it helps me a lot when I'm interviewing the client and getting to the root of their problem. So I know where to take the session. Um, so that's really helpful to have that background. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. I find that I, I enjoy investigation and being kind of nosy, frankly. Does your voice change with each different being that you channel? Not, I well, if the little bits that I listen to, and, I, you know, that's one other insight, too, is I don't listen back to any of my channels. Um, they're they're all recorded, and I, but I don't, you know, I don't listen back to them. But the little bits that Allison says, oh, you need to listen to this section or that section. I can hear a different inflection in my voice, um, a different tone at times um, where it really does change. Uh, if there is a point at which the energy really shifts and, um, you know, one would call it speaking in tongues or others would call it light language, the light language would come through. And then it takes on more of a maybe a Native American uh, type of tone or even Asian type of tone um, and maybe a bit sing-songy but um, and very um, almost teacher-like, master-like. It, it comes through as a more of a pronounced kind of um, story and uh, through that light language. So that definitely does change. But I, I, you know, from my side when I'm in, I have no idea. So no, it doesn't change too much. Um, a lot of times it's very subtle, um, but I can tell now that I've, since we've worked together for so long, I can tell. And also with his mannerisms, I can tell if there's a different energy coming in. So for example, if we're doing a, we do a free monthly channeling from here, the tree house, you see the tree in the background. Um, and in that he has a team of guides and also any other being might pop mm -hmm. in to answer questions based on what the audience is asking. And so sometimes I can tell when there's a different being coming in and I'll say, you know, who is that answering the question? Cause it gives some context to the answer. Mm -hmm. 
What do most people come to you for if they want a trance channeling? Is there a specific reason or pattern that you see why most people come for that? That's a good question. I'm glad you asked that. We do pet channeling, so that's one whole segment when people have issues with end-of-life struggles or a health issue or a behavioral issue. But uh, if they're coming for higher self channeling and guides, um, we're noticing a big shift in our clientele um, and bringing in more people that um, are roughly in their 30s to early 40s, particularly women who have a lot of um, trauma ancestrally through their ancestor line as well as their past life line. So for whatever reason, because Earth is evolving, our understanding is that these brave souls came into this life to take it all on and clear it because they're going to clear it through their ancestral line going back and forward and they're clearing their past life history as well. So they've chosen to be this brave soul and say, I can do it. I'm going to come in to this human life and I'm going to get rid of all of this so that I can ascend so that my ancestors can ascend so we can all ascend when earth goes because you can't take this baggage with you. So we're seeing a lot of that at the moment, um, but people can come for a variety of, of things, anything uh, as simple as uh, I feel these changes. I feel like I'm awakening. What does this mean? And what do I need to be doing? What's my mission? What's my purpose? Um, or they might have questions about relationships or careers, or they might have a health issue that they're concerned about, or, um, you know, family things with their children or their spouse. So really it's anything that you would seek for, for example, a QHHT session for, um, or if you're not good at, um, going under your two left brain, or you're afraid that you, you can't get under, um, then we can do a, what we call, it's kind of like a surrogate session where we channel the higher self. So the, the person can ask the questions, um, directly of their own higher self. So any, anything and everything really. What are some of the most paradigm shifting or shocking things that you've ever heard him channel? Well, at first it was the galactics, um, because it was just so different and, um, it was just interesting and especially when they speak in their own language their light language and some of it sounds really kind of crazy some of it sounds computer-ish some of it sounds like some weird foreign language so that was kind of shocking um in terms of concepts uh one interesting thing was the walk-in idea i know that Mm -hmm. a lot of your um interviewees have probably talked about the walk-ins and I had heard a lot about it, of course, because I followed Dolores Cannon and read her books and, and knew about the, the idea, but I had never met anybody that was a walk-in. And so subsequently we had a, a client who's now a friend of ours. And one of her questions was, am I a walk-in? And I was thinking, hmm, I don't know. They're, they're pretty rare. And sure enough, when we got her higher self, they said, yeah, she's a walk-in. And so I took that session on a tangent. Of course, I didn't charge her. I mean, I, I said, Hey, I'm good. We're going to go over here and explore all of these concepts. It was really amazing. So for 20 minutes, I'm asking her higher self about walk-ins and how does this work and how do you arrange for that to happen? And what's the deal? And why would you do that? And when did it happen for her and all of that? So that was one concept that was really amazing. And, you know, I just, I'm always surprised. There's always something. Uh, and with the animals, there's always something too. So it's, it's just fun. It's, it's amazing. You know, you think you've heard it all and that's not true. For the people who are receiving the channeling, what kind of changes do you see in them? 
Oh my goodness. Sometimes it's like night and day. And I particularly like the clients who are already sort of have some intuitive ability or psychic ability because then they really can give you good feedback. So the other day we had one that got off the chair and she was like, that was lit. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. She had um, had a lot of clearing done and she just, she couldn't say enough. She just stood up and she just was flabbergasted. Didn't know even what to say. She went to the bathroom, came back. She's like, I I just don't even know what to say. That was lit. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had those. We've also had ones that, that are just, just deeply crying and releasing and they're just so appreciative. Others, you know, they're just normal, like we call it our vanilla session, and and they might not seem like anything significant happened, and you sometimes don't hear from them again, and you never know. Uh, but we trust. We don't worry about outcomes. We trust that our guides and that their guides and higher self know why they booked a session, know that they're getting exactly what they need. And so we have a range of different um, reactions. But and many of our clients, they they will follow up with us, you know, a, a week, a month, a couple months later of, of kind of their progress mm-hmm. post session. And, um, you know, and it's, it's always positive. It's always, you know, exceptional that they're seeing the changes of, you know, the, because what we recommend is after the session, listen to the recording over again and over again and listen to it without listening to it. Just let it play in the background in your headphones and go to sleep with it because a lot of that is just energetically reprogramming, right? It's re rewiring the system. And that's where they end up seeing the biggest changes. Um, I kind of wanted to go back to, you know, kind of the, the construct of the session and just for clarity, it's, you know, myself being the trans channel, I want nothing to do with, any contact with the client. And so even if they reach out to me, I always hand them off to Allison because I want to remain as clear as I can. I I don't want to be influenced by any of the questions or any of the concepts or even any of the side conversations you might be having with the client until the day of the client, until I sit in front of them and I go out. And then from what happens from that point, it's, it's purely their higher self and, and Allison at that point. So So he'll come back up. And the client and I are like, oh my gosh, yeah. do you remember, did you hear that? Oh my gosh, it was so exciting. Or what'd you think about this? And we're, we're back and forth. And he's like, can somebody fill me in? Because right. I don't know what happened. Right. Do you channel who the client wants you to channel? Or do you just open yourself up and whoever comes, that's who's going to be channeling? Typically, if it's if it's a client that's coming to us for their higher self, it, it will be their higher self. Um, I haven't really had any, we really haven't had any clients that have come to say, well, I want, you know, my, you know, my aunt Susie that passed away 10 years ago, that type of thing. Um, it's typically for higher self sessions and, and clarity with higher self. Now we also have, uh, done work where, um, a parent would like to have their child's higher self, um, uh, uh, channeled and that's acceptable as well because we're we're working with the mother at that point and we have you know consent to work through through that that way you we usually will begin with the higher self of the parent and then transition into the higher self of the child that being so. said if we have time at the end of the session uh i usually ask who are this client who are the guides that are working with this client and mm-hmm. do any of them want to give them give, a give message, them a yeah. message and they'll step forward and give a message mm-hmm. as well yeah now that you're channeling the galactics, 
is their message about spirituality or is it about UFOs and ETs and galactic politics? <laughs> Both. Depends <laughs> on what we ask them. Yeah. I mean, the ones that we deal with are typically higher level, upper dimensional, uh, usually 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th or so, unless we specifically call on one that is in a ship surrounding Earth that can give us that kind of information about Earth's progress and what's going on and what do we need to know um, as far as our evolution? So we could get both, but the, the upper level ones don't get into the nitty gritty about what's going on on earth and politics and corruption and all that junk, because that's not what it's about. It's about the love and the light and who we are and our connection to source. And um, that's kind of the realm we like to hang in most really. And the, and the progress of our ascension and, and what we can do to, you know, for ourselves and how to raise our consciousness and how to raise our vibration to that sustained state. So, Because really it's not about the nitty gritty and the polarity. The polarity of Earth is always going to be here. It's been here for eons and it's going to be here for eons for those that wish to uh, reincarnate back here for those learning experiences. But the rest of us are evolving. All of us are evolving. Everybody is going to move up with Earth. Um, and so at that point, it's about rising above the duality and rising above the polarity. So if you keep on getting into who's going to win the election and, you know, getting the Republicans or the Democrat, whatever it is, all of that is just distraction from our ultimate goal of um, evolution. All right. Well, would you like to give us a sample of channeling? Sure. We'd love to. So during this session, typically I would turn and, and look at Will when we do the channeling, but for the purposes of this channeling uh, and the video, I'm going to go ahead and just ask the questions of the beings this way. All right. So um, what I'm going to ask, and I do this with all of my channelings, I'm just going to ask that um, for the audience and whoever's present, just to relax as best as you can and just take a couple deep cleansing breaths. It's going to be a nice long inhale through the nose, nice long exhale through the mouth. So just... By doing that, it allows all of our energies to get, get, get connected together. And I'll begin. Greetings. Greetings from the white lion being. From the serious collective of the white lion beings, we greet you with an openness, with a presence that surrounds you, with a presence of openness of the heart. Allow yourself with each breath to step into this space. With each breath in, with each exhale out, you grow stronger within the heart space that you exist. We come to you. We come to you with this as a transmission. For each of the beings here upon this planet are transitioning, transitioning through an ascension process. This ascension process is yours to behold. It is yours to grow in. It is yours to step forward in. 
but it is also yours to understand your own existence, your own heart-centered existence, the love, the beauty, the guidance, the divine being that you truly are. For this existence is yours that you have contracted with this human form. You've stepped into this existence to experience all of its splendor, but yet wanting more for the serious white lion beings assist you with this. For when you breathe in this heart-centeredness, when you focus your attention outward towards us, we allow you to expand we allow you to see the presence of the world around you and your divine presence within it. So we ask of you, each day, each moment of your existence upon this planet, those in those moments at which you are struggling, those moments in which you have question, those moments in which you have no direction. But you breathe in. Breathe in the heart-centeredness. Focus inward. Call upon us. Envision us. There with you. When you call upon us and you envision us with you, we'll reach out to you and we'll guide you in this heart-centeredness, this divine aspect of who you truly are, to pull you from the point at which you have question about your existence, the point at which you have no direction in your existence, and we'll begin to guide you into a new direction. Open a pathway of understanding in front of you to explore a greater you, a greater existence of your being upon this planet. So allow yourself some time to understand our existence with you. Our vibrational presence is always with you. And it's just a mere breath in, envisioning us in front of you to experience that presence. Breathing in to the heart-centeredness that you are a divine being. The guidance that you are here purposefully for the existence upon this planet. For you are part of this ascension process. Divinely guided, assisting others. All beings, all existence. With that transmission, if there are questions, you may ask. Thank you so very much for your presence with us this evening. We know that anyone who calls upon you can um, connect with you, but for those humans who have a, a specific connection to Sirius and those beings, how would they know that? How can they recognize that? our presence within the serious collective. As you call upon us, 
this vibrational state that you wish to connect to for our transmissions, for our downloads, for our healing. Envision a golden lion directly in front of you. Allow yourself to see that being in front of you. And as you do, this vibrational aspect of our presence will begin to connect, integrate with your vibrational field. And you will feel us surround your heart. And as you breathe, you'll feel it to expand out beyond your physicality, embracing this lion being in front of you, the majestic presence of that lion in front of you, always present, always willing, always able to assist. Thank you. And how do you all differ from the lions that make up the Lyran race? I know that you're very closely related, but what would we know in terms of differences? The serious white lion beings are surrounded in this presence of the divine, heart-centered aspect of the human being. Lyrans in all aspects, all races, as their presence settles with you, if you align with the Lyrans themselves directly, their transmissions align with the healing, the teachings of a deeper understanding of your galactic alignment throughout time. The presence of the Lyrans will help you heal physically, emotionally, and energetically. They will also provide you the teachings of how to process healing with others. They will bring you tones and vibrations through your energetic field in order to connect to that vibrational aspect of healing. The serious white lion being Our essence and the presence of this aspect of, as you in your physicality would understand love, this balance of love, heart-centeredness, divine alignment, that is our peer connection to you. And in through that, the teachings that you will receive is how to expand your love your heart-centeredness and allow it to surround others that is our purpose and it's a lovely purpose thank you for sharing and when you speak of healing what do humans need to know about sound healing the vibrational aspects of this process of as you say sound healing is one to understand the frequency changes in your own physicality for each of your galactic alignments have a particular tone, a particular frequency. 
It is one that vibrates specifically with each individual. One frequency for another will be aligned to another galactic alignment. Allow each tone, no matter how it is created, to begin to resonate with the physical body, for you have to understand the physicality of the finite vibrations in each cell, in each fiber of the human body, is specifically aligned to a particular frequency band in which, once connected, begins a healing process. So allow yourself to play an instrument, allow yourself to hear an instrument, hear a particular tone, a particular piece of music, and don't hear it with your physical ears, but hear it with your energetic essence. Allow your energetic essence to intertwine with the frequency of what you are experiencing, and you will see exactly where it aligns in the physical body itself. And at that point, you will understand for your own physicality of the healing process of sound and what can be utilized for particular areas of the physical body itself. Thank you for that. You stated that your role at this point in time with humanity is to help <clears throat> us to center within the heart. Has that differed from your role throughout humanity's history? Have you had a different role? The primary role is this heart-centeredness. And from the early essence of the human physicality, it has changed. For the closer you achieve your ascension, for all humans as they draw closer to this ascension point, it is necessary to align all centers of heart placement equally across all beings. So the ascension process is equalized and stabilized. Early in the human physicality, early in the process, this process of ours was a unifying process of establishing individual frequency levels for each individual within their heart-centeredness. It is this that animates you. It is this that is connected to your source point. It is this that begins the process of life. It is intertwining. It is a process of bringing forth existence. Thank you very much. And lastly, I'd like to ask if you're able to tell us what Jeff's primary galactic alignment and his source alignment is, please. closest galactic alignment is Andromedan. The source alignment is Arcturian. Beautiful, thank you. And before we close, is there anything else you'd like to share with humanity, please? As all humanity draws closer to this point of ascension, Settle yourself. Allow yourself to experience this heart-centeredness for yourself. 
whether you have an understanding of what you are aligned to or not. Allow yourself to look inward to this heart-centeredness and breathe in the love. Breathe in the existence of this heart-centeredness. For you are a divine creature, a divine being upon this planet. You are of existence, of the highest. Allow your essence of your heart-centeredness to be who you are, not what you are. Allow this to be the existence that others see around you. Allow this to expand out beyond the boundaries of your existence, allowing it to connect with all other beings, all other humans upon this planet to allow the stabilization and this preparedness for the ascension that is to come. That is the message that we wish to share with humanity. Thank you so very much for your presence this evening. And we thank you for this transmission for humanity. Welcome back. Thank you for channeling, William. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm gonna ask Allison because you weren't here for this, but I wasn't really clear on when he asked about who am I lining with, can you um, break that down for me? For sure. So humans have 12 strands of DNA and they align with the 12 original starseed clusters that created our galaxy. They're not all turned on at once because if, if they were, we wouldn't need to be in a human body. We would just implode because it's too much energy. And so when we come into a body, Part of our contract is to determine the two strands of DNA and how we want those aligned. One is the closest or the primary alignment, which for you was Andromedan. And that's just who's currently working with you in a primary fashion. The other strand is your source cluster, your origination source cluster which doesn't mean that your soul came from that cluster, just means that that is who you chose to have as your second strand of DNA in this lifetime, because it can change over lifetimes. And yours was Arcturian, I believe. And what's interesting is when we were talking about who we wanted to bring forth tonight, um, last night, Will was like, oh, maybe we should call the Andromedans. And I thought that's so interesting that you were Andromedan, maybe he was getting that mm. hit. Right. Um, and then we thought, well, let's talk to the white lion beings because they're so heart centered and they seem to be popular. A lot of people enjoy hearing those channelings on our on our YouTube. Um, so anyway, I found that very interesting. And Arcturians and Andromedans both are pretty neat. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. pretty powerful. So are you saying that when we choose a body, we can choose the body's DNA and my body's primary DNA is Andromedan, and then it's kind of mixed secondary with Arcturian. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is not to say that you can't call on any of them, just like the Syrians said, you can call on the Syrians, you can call on any of them because we are made up of all 12. Mm -hmm. uh, and as we ascend, what's going to what I understand is going to happen at that moment of ascension, 
uh, the event, the flash, a lot of people like to talk about it in those terms, is that for just a moment, they all are going to activate for just a sec, a brief moment to, to change up our DNA and our body to allow us to have more gifts and abilities and a greater awareness and understanding of who we are. But then it's going to be, again, those two primary. Um, so that was one of the things that I've been researching for my current book, which is about our galactic history and the 12 starseed groups. And we've channeled each one of them from the source point um, to get their transmission for humanity and to explain to us what's really happened in our galaxy and how it all came forth mm-hmm. and how the hybridizations worked and um, and all of that. It's just been fascinating and it's been a lot of information that I have not ever heard before. And they allude to the fact that, um, you know, a lot of it's been hidden from humanity for obvious reasons um, or that we don't really know much at all about our human history and our ancestry on the planet, let alone in the galaxy. Um, so I'm hoping to have that book done by the summer. And I think people will really enjoy it. I've enjoyed it. It's been fun. Mm-hmm. It's been it's been quite a ride for that, for mm-hmm. sure. Are we as conscious beings from different star systems or does those star DNA only refer to our bodies and not consciously who we are? I think our consciousness and our energy, our energy and our bodies are the, are the same. I mean, they're, they're tied together so intricately mm-hmm. that I don't know how to answer that in terms of separating them out um, because it's the energy that's animating your body. What I, my understanding is that everyone, every single human is a star being because we have all 12 strands. Now, each of those strands comes from one of the 12 star, original star seed clusters. Now, some of those intermingled energetically and created other beings like the Zetas and the Mantis and all of these other different beings that we're aware of. Um, But they don't have, nobody else has 12 strands of DNA except for humans. We're the only ones. And that's why we're so fascinating to these other galactic beings and why some of them want to come and manipulate some of our DNA sometimes or experiment or do things like that because they want what we have. Um, And so if you have a couple of the source energy points creating a hybridized being, they're only going to have those couple of DNA. I don't know if they call it DNA in their body, but anyway, those strands of energy. So again, we're the only ones that have all 12. And so in that respect, every, every human being is a star being. We're made up of all of those. Um, Yeah. And I would say from like a consciousness standpoint, if I'm maybe understanding the question too, a little bit, you know, I think it really comes down to an awareness point. So if you had no awareness that your DNA was tied to any galactic being, well, then your awareness would be your spiritual body and you'd, you'd operate in, in that plane, or maybe even if you were strictly tied to the 3d plane where you're just, you have no awareness of spirituality or metaphysical or any of that aspect. So you'd, you'd be living there. But at the point at which you, you know, you kind of like in a moment of, okay, well, what am I aligned to? You just have a question. What am I aligned to? And somebody says, oh, you're aligned to the Syrians or you're aligned to the Lyrans or the Andromedans. What that's going to do then is basically open up a, a point of, of, you know, investigation to say, oh, what does that really mean? Where, where does that go? And then you start bringing that into your awareness. 
And by doing that, bringing it into your awareness, it starts to then you start to align in your consciousness that, okay, yeah, there, there's a lot of things the Andromedans and I have in common. I see those patterns throughout life. Now that becomes part of your consciousness. And now you have a deeper connection to them and, and vib- vibrationally, you can then interact with them. If somebody said, I'm a Syrian star seed or I'm a Lyrian star seed, what does that mean to you then? That just means to me now, understanding what I understand about the two strands of DNA, that that might be their primary alignment or it could be their source alignment. It's one of the two is what I'm guessing. And it's the one that they most feel aligned to when they read the characteristics, for example, or maybe they've done meditations and met them. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, that's what that means. Um, I used to, I thought it was just one, that we were a star seed and it was just one alignment. But um, in doing the book work, the research for the book, we we were told that it was two. Mm-hmm. And with being a, you know, a star seed and you're aligned to a particular you know, star seed alignment, um, you know, yeah, they do have characteristics and you can look them up and, you know, it's kind of like, oh, you do a meditation and you see a totem, an animal totem. Well, am I aligned to that animal totem? Well, let me look at what that means. And okay. Yeah. A lot of that I align to. So, okay. Maybe that Jaguar or that elephant or that snake, I, that's my animal totem, just like a, a leer and I'm connected to a leer and let me see the characteristics. I, yeah, I am aligned to a lot of that. But what does that really mean for me? So then it's more upon me then to maybe go into more meditation and see if there are other characteristics that I'm aligned that really I'm I'm only aware of that connect me to those Lyrans or the Syrians or whoever that whatever that alignment might be. Which and is- honestly, it's it's not about getting hung up on any of those because mm-hmm. you can call upon any of them, just like the Syrians just told us. You can call upon any of them to help you when you're healing, doing your healing work or yep just in your everyday life, whatever it is. Um, so I think we kind of get a little too hung up and we like to categorize, oh, well, my archangel is Michael and my archangel is this, or, you know, we just, just as humans, we kind of like to compare and contrast. Oh, I'm a Lyran. Well, my Lyran's better than your Syrian type of yeah. thing. It's, yeah. so, it's really not anything about that. It's it's really, yeah. you know, it's, it's, you know, if you're not aligned to any of them, go into meditation or go into quiet and, and, vibrationally see where you connect to them. You might not, you know, in, in this layer of consciousness, you may not connect to any of them, but yet they're present there waiting for you to connect to. And we've Uh, done this so many times that we've all been really everything at some point in time. So we've had lives as, you know, an Orion, we've had lives as a Martian, we've had lives as whatever. So we've worked with all of them. Um, so we've just really been everything. You're not aware of this, William, but you are speaking about sound healing. And I mm-hmm. noticed that you have that gong behind you and it looks like a singing bowl and, and some other stuff. Are, yep. are you guys experimenting now with sound healing or what? I was drawn uh, drawn to, I am not a musician by any means. Cannot read it, cannot, cannot write it. You know. I experienced a sound bath uh, a couple years ago when we first started on this journey. And something inside me said, I need to start getting some of these just, just to play with, just to have them for my own. And uh, I started acquiring a few. And then at the beginning of 2019 or 20, I don't remember now. Um, uh, I guess it was, yeah, maybe 2021, actually. Um, Spirit called me and said, sit in front of the computer, record it, put it on Facebook Live, and just play your instruments for f- 15 minutes every day. 
And that's, that took me out of a comfort zone that I was, you know, that I was in of this, oh, I don't play music type of thing. And now I really, really enjoy setting them up and I don't have any, you know, sound practitioners that I know have, you know, kind of like a script that they go through for each one of their sessions. It's, it's almost like a sheet of music. And I honor that. I love that. For me, mine is different every time because I don't lead it. I let spirit do it. And to me, it's almost like a conscious channel when it happens. Unlike the trance channel you just witnessed, when the vibration starts with what the first instrument, I just slide into this very light, I'll say light trance state or, or, you know, conscious channel state. And I just let the instruments play themselves. I don't really do it. I, I I'm just the facilitator at that point. And uh, I, I love it. I love setting it up and I love doing that type of experience. So yes, I, it's, 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 it, I would say it's more than just a, a hobby at this point it's 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 more for everybody else now to experience so so what's next on y'all's path hmm. more <laughs> I, you know i we, that's the one thing we've been talking about for the last uh, you know couple of months is we you know we're, we're looking to get in front of more people and you know thankfully you know you know on your on your podcast and on your show is is, is something like that um even to even greater audiences you know if we could you know find some avenue that we could get into a, a bigger a bigger facility and, and be able to put this on for many people because there's there's something about when we do it here in the treehouse and we have 10 people on in person and 15 people on zoom and each one of them have a question and they get a specific question answered by you know the collective or whoever it might be there's there's something rewarding in that for everyone not just not just for myself as the channel or allison as the facilitator but everyone is rewarded at that point so it, i would love to see that to come to you know fruition that's one thing that's kind of i'm trying to manifest for this year is is put that out there and and see where that goes but it's getting getting out more like this on podcasts and and putting more stuff up on my youtube channel and and just getting exposure just so. helping seekers i mean yeah. our goal is to help and he's the voice for his guides and they want to give their messages of healing and hope um and as we evolve and as the chaos unfolds more and more people are seeking that that heart space that you know that relief and that love and that camaraderie and and fellowship and so we want to offer that as much as possible to people and we really just we trust our guides and the universe they're orchestrating everything and so we just follow that direction and it hasn't failed yet it's a beautiful thing yeah in the beginning i mentioned that your book is called the journey within and i think you have some other books if people want to find out more about them should they go to amazon or your website both if they'd like a signed copy they can certainly purchase it on my website which is drallisonbrown.com d-r-a-l-l-i-s-o-n brown.com uh, they're all available on Amazon as well. I have um, one that includes uh, pet sessions, some beautiful excerpts and full length transcripts of some of our <clears throat> a variety of pet sessions. That's called Love Notes from the Animal Kingdom. So both of those can be found on Amazon as well. Uh, and then I was um, honored to write a chapter in another book called The Ancestors Within. So we talked Jeff about, um, you know, those who are trying to clear the ancestral line. And that is a really good help for those folks that are interested in um, doing ancestral work, uh, the ancestors within and that's also available on Amazon. 
You mentioned also that you have a free channeling session. If mm-hmm. people want to find out more about that, how do they do that? Um, well, you can, um, we have a calendar that you can look at and it's, it's, we keep it updated regularly. It's going to be treehouse events.com. And actually, uh, it happens every second Thursday of the month at 7:30 Eastern time. Uh, when you register, there's a register link on the calendar and you will, uh, you'll get a zoom link immediately after you register and you can join us by zoom, or you can join us up here in the treehouse If you're, if, local, if you're local to the Charleston, Charleston area, come and join us in person. Do you guys have anything else that you're working on that you want us to know about? Hmm. Let's Just see. the new book. Yeah. It doesn't have a title yet, but I'm hoping <laughs> that'll come out this summer. So keep an yeah. eye on our website uh, or Amazon, my author page, and um, and see. That's yeah, that's the next big thing. Yep. And I, I, you know, for those that are interested in what we're doing, always keep track of that calendar because we're always posting new events for each month, and and uh, we've got, you know, I mean, again, local. We've got, actually we have somebody coming in from Arkansas, right? I think so. Anyway, from out of state, we've got a one day retreat that we're hosting uh, here shortly. So in the in the next couple of weeks. So yeah, if you want to travel, come on. We'd love to yeah. meet people. But we do a lot of Zoom things and a lot of the things that we do are free or donation based. So yeah. we welcome everybody to join us. Hope, hopefully we'll see a lot of people on Zoom. It's this Thursday, actually. Oh, I don't know when this will post, but um, it's yeah. this Thursday. Before we finish up, can you give us one last positive message? The love and light wins in the end. <laughs> yes. It's already won. Yes, it, and it is. It's it's keeping the distractions out of our lives and really focusing inward. And I know that's kind of cliche, you know, focus inward. But if you eliminate the distractions, it. and I, I'm a true testament to that. I, I'm a, I was a true avid, you know, you mentioned law enforcement and, and you know, news watcher. When I eliminated that from my life and eliminated all news from my life, um, I really found the inward pe- inward peace, and I could really see the expansiveness of of humanity from that point instead of the distractions that were overlaid upon everybody. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Guys, thank you for your messages, and thank you again for being my guest. Thank you, Jeff. It's been such a pleasure. It really Truly. has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.